0: Hey everyone! This podcast is between Tom, Nick, and Frank Ungaro. I'm only doing this intro because Tom recorded a two-minute intro for this podcast and forgot to turn the mic on, which is hilarious to me. Thinking about Tom talking for two minutes into the into a dead microphone, we'll never know what Tom said for those two minutes. But I think it was life-changing. But now he's in Croatia, so here I am introducing you to this awesome podcast. I just listened to it; it was great. Frank is a beast. He's got a beer company, an awesome fishing podcast that just got picked up by Canada's biggest fishing TV show. Jitsu Gym, rental properties, Bitcoin and some opinions on the world. He's the embodiment of a guy living life on his own terms and hearing his thoughts on what he's got going on is just inspiring to listen to. Frank is one of the hundreds of people we've met in the Rockstar Network that is living life on their own terms. As Frank alludes to in this podcast, investing in real estate is what gave him the financial foundation to quit his corporate job and carve out his own path in the world. This is a common story you'll hear on this podcast. Investors who built up a powerful base of assets that gives them the financial Flexibility to design their life on their own terms. If you want a life of freedom, it's important to have assets working for you. And if you want to check out case studies and investor stories of Rockstar Inner Circle members who have used real estate to design their own lives, go to our website, rockstarinnercircle.com, and check out the R Work menu option. You'll see it at the top of the website. The menu option says R Work. Just click that, and there you will find real life case studies and investor stories of local Ontario investors like Frank and how they are using real estate to create financial freedom for themselves and their families. And now, Frank Ongaro, everyone. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take
1: charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carrazza. Are you ready? Let's go.
2: Okay, we are recording with Frank Angaro, Angaro and Nicholas Alexander Karadza. And Frank always has a lot of stuff going on. So uh, look, look at this list. I have Ugly Pike Pilsner, BJJ, because I, I like talking to you about that. It's cars, yeah. a property you have for sale, Ugly Pike podcast. We need to talk about that. And you want to talk about some Bitcoin we stuff? We should talk about the podcast. We, What's the latest on the really, podcast?
1: Well, we signed a deal. We, we're now part of the Fishing Canada TV show. So we're officially uh, paid podcasters. Awesome. Yeah, I don't know if you guys Wait, get paid for this, but no. I get paid for no, it. No, you're a professional. <laughs> we're I'm amateurs. Professional. I'm Holy a professional shit. angler and a professional podcaster, officially. You're a professional angler angler because you go into tournaments and... No, but I mean, I have to fish for content that feeds the show. That oh, I so you're a self-declared
2: and, declared yes. professional
1: <laughs> angler. Declared professional. Hey, man, however That's you right. want to call it. Okay, we just <laughs> going like to put all the yeah. cards on the table here. Well, let's go musky fishing and let's, let's see how you do without my... Expertise guidance, and guidance. Never mind muskie fishing.
3: I couldn't cast a line off a dock. All
1: right, <laughs> And I know enough about muskies that they're not
2: easy to catch. So no, maybe or, we can just when throw you got to
1: lift it out, off, out of the net, you're going to shit your pants, right? Because it's full of teeth and it's this giant thing and it hates you and it's mean and <laughs> it you got to get you. into the gills to lift it. It's a real. Maybe
2: we can get Nick pissed gotcha. off at the side of the boat and just throw him in and he'll dive down and grab one
1: of them. No. I Does a, that ever work? I had a really good boat uh, promotion for our beer that I'll tell you guys about off, off microphone. We'll get canceled if I talk about it. So it's one of those things that'll either propel the beer company into outer space or shut it down or completely get us canceled from everything on earth. <laughs> I think you should tell us, um, but <laughs> I can't tell you the, now. the, the
2: ugly pike podcast. Yeah. How are things going uh, with it? How did you get picked
1: up? You know, how do you become a professional podcast? You know, it's really funny because like been working with you guys for a long time now, like just, you know, the real estate thing and part of the network and, got a lot of different things going on with properties and, and jujitsu and different businesses. And, uh, I've mentioned my buddy, Joe Panessa a couple of times on the show, but he's a really close friend of mine. And, uh, I was on the phone with him in the parking lot and, uh, I, I talked to him about a lot of things. You know, I, I do, uh, I do capital raises too for startups and, and companies and we're working on some projects right now. And so we talk a lot and, uh, I used to always say, you know, like, Let's do this. Let's do that. And he's like, no, the podcast, you got to, the podcast is the way for you. Like, and I'm like, you're crazy. Like, no way, you know, but he always knew like this was going to be the big ticket for us. And it's really turning into that. So, uh, the fishing Canada TV show on TV since 1986, they've got three and a half million viewers every Saturday morning. They're the highest rated show on any Canadian network uh, on Saturday morning. So they're the kings of Canadian media for fishing. I
2: feel like I've had that on. on I've seen it on Saturday morning. It's the old guy and the little little guy, you know, you
1: know, uh, Pete and Angelo. And now they're, you know, my bosses, which is crazy. So they reached out to you. Uh, Yeah. Like. Back or did the,
2: you stock them? I could
1: partially see uh, you just wait. going to some building,
2: waiting outside to so talk. You know how them.
1: it happened. This is a funny story. I told it just yesterday, but we were at a, a fishing trade show and I was walking with my buddy through the parking lot. And one of the co-hosts, Pete, um, Pete Bowman was off to the side with his wife and we walked by and I said to my buddy, was that Pete Bowman? And, and his wife heard us and she yells, yeah, it was. And I, I felt so dumb. I walked over and I said, you know, sorry, you know, Pete, I'm, I'm a big fan. You know, I host a little show called the ugly pike podcast. He goes, I know what it is. I've heard it before. And I'm like, what, really? And then we got to talking big USC fan, big jujitsu fan. And then uh, we were invited on the show after that. So we got invited to host outdoor journal radio on AM uh, radio, which is their, uh, is their what, what was their po- What, what, it was what their podcast has become. It was an AM radio show. Now it's a podcast. And, uh, we were the first people to ever co-host that show in studio in Oshawa and, uh, and then they were on our show and then we went back on their show and then it, then what happened was they approached us and said, um, you know, being the pioneers that they are, they want to pioneer a new outdoor Canadian outdoor podcast network. So they're launching a podcast network and they wanted our show to be one of the flagship shows. And, uh, so they reached out to us for that and, um, you know, a couple months later and contracts back and forth and this and that uh, the network has launched it's called the Outdoor Journal Radio Network and uh Away, away we go. The really cool thing is that um, they're going to start cross-promoting this podcast network on their TV show in the fall. And I think when that happens, Holy we're going to get a massive shit. bump. No way. We're gonna get, we're you still, are going to sh- get a massive bump. So 4 million, you know, 3.5 million anglers who probably, you know, 99% of them drink beer, are going to be exposed to our oh brand. Oh gosh. So right now, like usually beer companies that are new, we're ramping up for summer. And we did ramp up for summer, but we're ramping up for that moment in the fall where we think it's just going to go Parabolic. Good for you, man. Yeah, if everybody stays out of jail. Yeah. All right. But we're going to talk about that later time. Oh, yeah. We're, we're talking about that today. We've got bail money.
2: Okay. Right. Yeah. All right. Um, we, uh, the, the uh. <laughs> just for
3: the record, it's not you going. not so Yeah. Or us. It's nobody yeah. in this body.
2: table. Yes. Jesus. Right. Um, what was I going to say? That just threw me.
1: Um, but, uh. Joe, fishing Canada. Yeah, yeah. No, no,
2: The exposure, the exposure on TV like that, yeah. it yeah. just gives you authority because, it, it, you know, your podcast is going to ramp. The beer is going to get, everything's going to kind of ramp up on this. The authority that is still assigned to people on tv is absolutely massive what
3: it's do really fishermen do Do they listen to podcasts while they fish too is it music or is it silence you like know i know what? you're not playing i know you're not playing music yeah. out loud yeah. but but I, like are they listening to other stuff on headphones and stuff you know or somebody honestly
1: it's a really cool question there's two schools of thought and there's anglers that want music and there's anglers that want to get away from everything digital when they're in the boat mm. right it's very much about me and you and what we're doing and the the sights and sounds of something yeah. that doesn't have a power switch. That's I can, I can, some people I can appreciate want that. tunes and then some people want tunes when they're not catching and put this song on. Cause when I put this song on, we catch, you know, <laughs> like we were in North Bay last year, we were on Lake Nipissing and, uh, I'll show you the video later. We fished through two days of absolute hell waves and, and water. And just, it was insane. Mm-hmm. And then the third day the sun came out and I've got a video of us headed to a spot and, uh, we cranked, uh, have a cigar, Pink Floyd. And my buddy, the guy, Nico turns and you can see him in the video. He looks at me, does this and I look at him and I do this. This is the day and we get to the spot and boom, you know, we got a fish. We got a couple of fish, but, uh, and so now do you play that song every time you we eat? did this year? We did. And did we were Rushed. Oh shit. yeah. So you we guys have a good song. Year. We had a great, where
2: maybe the fish hear the music is that is that what
1: is that that's what it a, is that's another thing you know people are saying you know are the fish are the fish listening do the fish hear the music do they hear this do they hear that and uh that's a whole nother debate.
2: way back my buddies took me fishing because i said i can't do this i just can't i started
1: reading in the boat they were insulted oh wow that, that was number one that's what you're oh, how big that, is that thing that's uh well, that's i don't know mid 40 incher i really hold them nicely so you know like oh, there's an art there's another one right there the way you hold the fish is it you
2: you can't see your arms to see how extended they are so the fish is actually closer to the camera is that the key yeah precisely (laughs) Precisely.
1: i hold them really well i've learned this with every every angler does that right we know how to but i mean look these are do professional anglers do that professional anglers do it oh that's what makes them professional i'm a professional angler That looks big. Yeah. Well, you know what? If anyone else caught that fish, it's a fish of a lifetime. We're just yeah. going for the world record, so anything less than, you know, a contender is fun. But so, nah. what's your dream catch? Well, this fish at sixty inches. Can you come to Croatia? Remember, I was telling you about
2: the tuna in between these two islands. it's yeah, yeah. Shipped off to Japan. Can we? Because ca- apparently, Nick, remember how much they they said they didn't tell us a dollar value, but apparently they're selling these tunas for something extraordinary.
1: So, a good maybe the business tuna is- will go for twenty five bucks a pound if- U.S.
2: If he's going to get big in this fisherman podcast world, maybe he does like out of Canada things just as a little bonus kind of thing. We go to Croatia, we get a boat, he catches the tuna and maybe there's a business here where we can just spend more time in Croatia. He catches the tuna. We just kind of it's like supervise.
3: Yeah, that, that sounds good. We know the guy building the boat right now, actually. We actually he's do. Been building oh my for gosh, five it's, it's five an old fisherman. But it's an old fishing boat. Yeah, that he wants to take us on to restoring. go catch tuna. He wants to go to Italy. Yeah, and but we're going to catch tuna
2: on the way. He's, yeah. been, restoring he be be right He's been restoring this boat where you want to be right He's been restoring this boat for like 3 years. His brother said three? he'll never maybe 5. Yeah. He's been he'll never get on the boat uh, past one of the islands that's close to us, yeah. but he wants to take the boat to Italy. I'm on board. Carol has approved the trip. I'm allowed to go on board as her husband into the middle of the Adriatic on this boat. We're going. I don't know if you're coming. I'm going as to... As long as we like, stay
3: close to islands, I can swim over to island. I'm going <laughs> across the Adriatic.
2: When this boat's ready, it might be this year. And you know how they operate. It could be this year, like we're going Tuesday. Yeah. And
1: so... Uh, Let's go. I'll vomit right. the whole time, but I'll be happy. I'll vomit I'll the whole time. time. Why? Why you I'm not good on big water. But oh, yeah. I've got these like new things where... Apparently they work really well. These bracelets or whatever you wear, I've seen mm. people
3: with them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm, but I'm sometimes the Adriatic,
2: in between the islands where we are, are, sometimes it's so still. I know out in the open water it won't be like this, but between the islands, sometimes it's so still. The yeah. water's like glass. They call day. it Ulya, yeah. like it's just oil. It cool. looks like oil. Nice. And you're just whipping along on it. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
3: Yeah, that's nice when it is like that.
2: Yeah. Frank's, hey man, Frank's on board. This is actually a good idea. I want to get a pla- I'd love to get a place in Croatia.
3: I would like. I would like to do some tuna fishing. I'd like to try it out. So like if, if we're there, if like you, you came,
2: there. tuna are such huge fish. If you came, realistically, could we do this? If we you found... need a charter,
1: yeah, we would, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. yeah but you, from... need, you need gear that can land up that's what I'm talking about. Nine hundred pound fish. Okay. If you, but get they have one. fishing
2: charters all day long. For how long? Oh, yeah,
1: hundred yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, sure.
2: percent. What time of the day do you go tuna fishing? Is it any time?
1: It probably depends on the time of year and you okay. know what the structure's like. And but uh, people typically fish for tuna twenty four seven. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's an all around the clock thing.
2: Mm. Yeah, I think Frank and Josip on this boat together because Josip will know the equipment to get.
3: Yeah, Josip doesn't doesn't drink beer, so we'll have to. You know, that's that. Well, we'll fix that. We'll, I think he know. would, but then we, it doesn't matter. He'll drink everything we can. Well, yeah, we
2: can he got a fish on it. If this guy's a fisherman, he's a general from the army in the war. There, no this shit, guy. Man. Oh yeah, this guy's amazing. This oh. the stories this guy has. Cool. Um, yeah. Okay. Really cool. So the ugly that would be an adventure. (laughs) I just love the idea.
3: Well, that's going to be the first out of town show. That's going to go on the, the the Canadian fishing network. There you go. That'll be the first one.
2: Um, don't, I'm just thinking about this. Like, don't even joke about this. We have to do this. If we, if we, when we go this year, we should ask them, Hey, look, where do we get the equipment? What boat? Who do you rent them from? Because just to fly in Frank and do this.
1: Sometimes it, it takes up. a half a day to land one of these fish, just so you know. Yeah, I know. but They're you, different. Sometimes they come right in and sometimes you're four or five. Hours. I'm
3: going, you guys are going to be doing the fishing. Really? I'll be drinking on the boat.
1: Fair enough. I'll be four, learning. Four or five hours to get them in. Sometimes you're going to, like, these fish can be a thousand pounds. You know? I know. I Hey, watch
2: the YouTube videos when they sharpen the knife and slice them all up.
1: Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah, they got to bleed them after and do some things uh, so that they, they you preserve the integrity of the meat. Hmm. Just like hunting, same thing, right?
3: Do, uh, How do you get that fish in the boat? There's like a little you have, crank, a, you have to have a yeah. You yeah, have yeah. to have
1: either a manual pulley or something that's powered. Have you ever gone tuna fishing? Or it, sometimes at the end of the boat, they'll open. They'll have a hatch, and you'll get your gaff, and like three guys will hoof it in. It depends. You can catch a bluefin that's three hundred pounds. You can catch one that's thirteen hundred pounds. You know. So you. Where's your dream place to go fishing? Uh, South America, in uh, probably in Brazil, because there's a fish called the arapaima. And that's that's my number one bucket list fish. It's, Why? Uh, it's it's a dinosaur. It's 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 the most beautiful fish. And one of the cool things about this fish is—is is it beautiful
3: because it's ugly? Because you seem to like uh, ugly dude, fish. You'll see. Mm-hmm. You'll see. You like these ugly old dinosaur fish.
1: You'll see. You'll see. Um, but like when you get these fish, they're like they breathe. They breathe air. So you'll see them. You'll it, go into these, on land. You'll go to these, No, you'll <laughs> go to these bogs. You're not in the big ocean, and you'll see something come up and take a, take, take a breath or whether it's taking a breath or expelling air, I don't Okay. I'm not a vet. I don't know. I'm only a professional angler. (laughs) You Um, are. We're going to get you the t-shirt. And, uh, (laughs) and, uh, you know, so they got these awesome red scales. See those red scales? Oh yeah. And they're just massive dinosaurs, right? What's the name of it? Arapaima. Huh? So you don't have to go out into the big water. You can go into these little backwater bogs and stuff and catch these. Yeah. That looks like a giants. snake's going to come and attack you yeah, as you're holding yeah, that fish. Yeah. These are, this is, this is the fish for me. So you get them in South America and they're just fantastic. So that's and, my, that's and my And what's purpose. your ultimate catch to do? Like, what are you most proud of fishing to date? My, my, uh, my 50 inch class muskies. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. where do you catch those? All like, over you know, Ontario. Some, like, some favorite uh, lakes. Uh, favorite lake is Lac Sewell up uh, five and a half hours North of uh, Thunder Bay. So we go up there usually once a year we try, Uh, St. Lawrence River, Ottawa River. You're pulling your boat up there? No, we get... uh, You rent? We'll go and get uh, either rent boats or we... These days, everybody wants to guide us. Like we're everybody wants us in their boat because they want the exposure right from the show because awesome. the musky world, that you know, if you have this, a lodge, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. You cater to musky anglers. You want us there. You want us talking about it. Sometimes we talk about our trips for years because they're memorable, right? So
2: your buddy there who said you got to do the podcast, why did he push you into the podcast?
1: I don't know. He's a real smart uh, marketing guy. He does a lot of things, a very successful guy. And he just said like, this is it. This is it. He said it for years to me. and I'm like, you're nuts. You know, nobody gets paid to podcast and it's fishing and we don't have a very big audience. And this is such a niche space, right? Muskie fishing. But what's happening is now we're going to, you know, we're diversifying the things we talk about in the show a little bit, Mm kind of like you guys. Mm -hmm. Um, And now we have access to all of the uh, multi-species anglers through the Fishing Canada TV show. So I think that's going to bring a lot of people that would not have otherwise found our show into our circle.
2: So pumped for you. Yeah. That's cool. Just just knowing you and watching you over the years. This is
1: exciting, man. I mean, who, who knew, but you know what? Monetize your passions. Like your life, your terms, we joke about it all the time. It's on the wall. Like, no, we joke about it, but it's serious. No, it's a hundred percent serious. We joke about it because I think a lot of people just look at that and go, oh, but I need a job, you know? Okay, fine. I did my time in the corporate world. You know, I did my time, but then I met you guys and it's like, Mm. fuck this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did, you. Really. I,
3: did you like I did my time. You were
2: primed to say fuck this with or without us. Just yeah. <laughs> we happened to cross paths. at a Probably, but financially, like, yeah.
1: I wasn't able to until I met you guys.
2: And So let's you know. talk about the property next. I want to ask yeah. about Perth in a second because sure. I see that. yeah, hat. Perth Combat Club. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the,
1: what's going on with the pro? You have a property for sale. What's yeah, the- I wanted to pick your brain. So I was on the phone again with my buddy Joe last night. Oh, no, it wasn't my buddy Joe. It was my... Uh, my real estate agent, my buddy Mesh, Mesh Mysteries, the guy's a beast. And uh A beast just like a big guy or, a beat no, or a he's a great no, he's a great agent. He's uh oh, okay, amazing way. real estate okay. agent. So I um I actually met this guy through my crypto group. We've okay. become very close. And uh I asked him for help with this property because my two partners wanna sell. I don't and so now it's like if I sell it at X, I'm going to make a lot of money. and be I'm going to be happy, mm. but the market's not giving me X. So we're expecting this week that we're going to get some less than exciting numbers come in and offers. And part of me wants to get another partner and keep on keeping on for another five years. We get different cycles with rates and everything and prices go up. Uh, and then part of me just wants to get out of this property because it's been nothing but a headache. And so I'm just really torn right now. Do I, do I take Less money than I want, than then I know I can get in a few years, and then reinvest that, maybe into like pre-construction real estate, which is where I'm kind of leaning towards because I'm getting sick of tenants and managing properties. Uh now I could get a company to do that, I get that. But um, you know, I'm 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 looking for less work these days, right? Or do I get this partner in and keep this pain in the ass property going, probably make it an Airbnb again and, but hire a management mm-hmm. company to run it. So I'm at a real crossroads here and I don't quite know what to do. In your I feel life, like both options are bad options.
2: In your life, what does this property serve? Like a long-term ad,
1: Like why would you want to keep it? What is this? Well, because hold- I feel like when rates go down, um, asset prices will go up okay. as they do. Uh, when the money printers turn on, asset prices will go up as they do. And if I wait three to five years, invariably, I'm going to make probably another two, $200,000, in this property, I would think. It's a high-value property. It's it's a million-dollar property.
2: And to find another partner who has enough liquid cash in today's I world. I think I have someone waiting. Really?
1: Yeah. Who are you? Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you have he someone. He wouldn't there. need a million. He would need to. It's encumbered, right? We have a hmm. mortgage. So he wouldn't need to. He would just need to buy out my Partnership. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's not, we're I not just talking a million dollars. Okay. It sounds like there's a good amount of equity in there. That's what I'm wondering. There's a decent amount of equity with the appreciation. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. Um, and then the short term, uh, if you did sell it, there's going to be capital gains
3: to pay for. Yeah. Why, why do you want to, what, yeah, like, like, why? Why don't want to sell. At, no. So why is he looking at selling it now? He just wants to cash out or is there problems with the property?
1: No, my partners need money right now. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. My one property's re- my one partner's retiring would just like to cash out and put her feet up. Mm-hmm. My other know, there's
3: no problems with the property. And that's like, but my other
1: partners, like... my other partners, Doug, I, th- I think you've met oh, him cool. Before. Yeah. He, we, he used to come with me to all the uh, yeah. events and stuff yeah. like that. And he's kind of in the same boat, you know, it's just, you know, it sounds got, like it's been a pain in the ass to them. This it's property. been a pain in the ass to all Wh- of us. Why? Just because of the tenant turnover. Cause I live closest to the house. I got to do all the work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> and it's just now with everything going on, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. So yeah, your life's just too busy. It's too busy to be mowing lawns and answering calls at you know eight you know eight nine at night because the Airbnb people didn't I mean, didn't read the sheet that we gave them on how to turn the freaking lights on. You know what I mean?
2: And if you got the money, even though you would pay tax, do you have a better place
1: to put the money or somewhere? Well, that's the million dollar question, right? I mean, you know, I want to do some improvements to my house. I think that's a solid investment. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to. Uh, Maybe, maybe, maybe buy a little more Bitcoin. I don't know. It I, I'm still buying selling DCA this stuff. property, does it jeopardize your long-term financial future in any way? I feel like it does because I feel like if I hold onto this house, it's going to be worth much more.
3: Mm-hmm. What if it's not? What if, the, what if it doesn't in three to five years, it's worth the same?
1: That's, that's then selling now is actually a win-win. Mm-hmm. But that's a big what if Like, You guys are smart guys. I mean, how do you not see real estate prices in three to five years being higher than right now? How does that happen? I mm-hmm. mean, no, the- we're w- we're with you. The dollar yeah. is
2: going to continue
1: to lose value. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you think, Nick?
3: Yeah, I think the timing of it can, I mean, you know, everything they've done, they've been, it managed to kick the can down the road a lot further than I thought they would years ago.
1: And Greg Foss thought they would. One and done. Yeah. One and done. Oh, yeah, I forgot Foss, about I that. hope you're listening yeah. to this.
3: <laughs> so
1: there's- um, We love you, jerk. Foss. We love you, I Foss. Love the guy, <laughs> yeah. but I love the guy.
3: But, uh, but yeah, so that's that's what I mean. So like, I just don't know, but-
1: <laughs> I don't forget things, eh? That was like two I years forgot ago, that. a year I and a half ago, I said that, that on yeah. your show. Yeah,
3: but I, I, that's what I mean. So I don't see it- um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't see it long term. Like five years, it, it, it's it's a tough sell for me to think that it it, it doesn't move right. But if um, but in two years, well, you know. But you because we have to catch up. Sorry, we have to catch up to long term trends. Yeah. We so overshot the long term trend that we we're just catching up. But by that time. Like we're now kind of coming down. Even if we level out here, we would level out here um, and then it would take us a long, a, a little it's, bit to get It's a year and a half to two. Yeah, yeah. And then we're just kind of like on par with where we would have been yeah. without the spike and valley that we got. right? So yeah. that's the way I look at it.
1: Yeah. I think you're so, right. That's so that, why I say three to five years.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Threes, I guess, to me, there's maybe, I think it's a small risk, but but there's a risk that maybe it doesn't move too much yeah. by that time. But five how, how are they not injecting liquidity into the market in five years? Like, yeah. I, 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 that to me is almost impossible me too
2: but someone like frank who has so much going on i'm kind of it's easier for me to say sell the property because he has so much well, from a lifestyle he's so capable he has a yeah. business he's you know the beer the podcast there's so much happening
3: but you shouldn't but, be dealing with that if you have that much stuff happening you can keep the property you have to work it into the numbers then maybe it doesn't make sense but if we keep but, the property it's going to be
1: different like i'm going to hire a management company that's
3: what i'm saying you know have you know I mean? to get yeah. yeah you shouldn't don't be taking those calls. But, but then if he gets a management rent. company man. I'm cheap you, I, you, know, man. you know what you know what cheap. we started doing just a couple years ago started getting someone to cut the grass just at my, my house my neighbor's like who the hell are you like you're complete just the front yard because in the back we don't even have grass and they're like what's wrong with you like you're you know you're yeah. you're a completely able to I do I love this. cutting my
1: grass though and I, I don't mind it either but I have a proper lawn I have a huge I have a very big property yeah. and I love getting that's on meditative. that it's like a break for me and
3: that's what yeah and if you want to do that and I like going out to my my yard and I'm like trimming bushes and stuff. And the same thing, like I'll put it on a podcast and it just allows me to tune out. Yeah. Like that. the grass component though, for me is like, it's, it's, it's funny, the littlest thing, but it's, to take it off my mind and not have to ever think about it. I like that alone was worth the cut. Like I just, I don't even think it it's just always done.
2: Yeah. You and know, there's management
1: companies that will Airbnb it for you. They like specialize I, in, I have Airbnb. a student that does it for a living right now. Oh, okay. So I have a, a, a guy that I trust that, let me just put this on mute. I didn't even realize, but uh, I have a, a, a kid that I trust that would be a great candidate to run that property. So, uh, and even yeah. beyond him, there's other people. They'll take yeah, a fee
2: yeah, to do it. Yeah. So and you have
3: someone who will buy them out. Work into it the the price that cut, like over the next five years. If you take a five year window, what are you going to need to do? Because if you if you're going to have to do a roof and a furnace,
1: no and furnace, yes, roof, no. Furnace, so
3: just, yes. but you just work some of those things into it and That's get a, a realistic number. Because was the
1: foundation on this house. How old is it? There's no basement. This is a cottage property. Oh, got it. And got I'm it. Down by the lake in Niagara on okay. so so the lake. so it doesn't have, have basements. Yeah, by, the other thing is by the
3: lake in Niagara on the lake. Those properties are like. Dude, so those sometimes bulletproof. Just, yeah, sometimes you don't want to give those ones yeah. up. The yeah.
1: general rule is you just don't want to sell assets. Here's the other side of the story. The guy that wants to come in um, works uh, with a, a real estate developer. And what they do is they buy properties, they subdivide them, they build gorgeous, mm. custom-designed, styled homes and sell them for a shit ton of money. So eventually, down the road, taking this property, canning it, and then putting up something great and mm. you know, getting I'd like a million to keep dollars that option. You didn't
2: tell us it was a jewel of a location until oh, right dude, now. It's pristine. Oh, right by the water. I would. I I, then that's a yeah, keeper. That changes that's, it. Yeah, that's a keeper. Because what I was going to say is, when you said your financial future would be better off if you kept the property because it would go up, that's nice. Mm-hmm. But if your financial future wouldn't change that greatly because you have other stuff going on, then sell it. Yeah. But if this is a jewel of a location, it is. Oh, man, then you just want to keep the
1: property. Yeah, unless it's a pain in the that. ass. It, it is a know? pain in the ass, but with a little bit of elbow grease, I could make it not a pain in the ass. I think
3: that's what it is. You, now it gets to that point. Because we had properties for a while that we're still happy we have today, but they were they started to become a pain in the ass because we had like more stuff going on. Yeah. And then that's why we just had to offload a lot of that stuff to other people. I mean, Once if there
2: was, was an easy day. button to sell it, we would have sold it that one day when we were on the phone together. We would have sold that one.
3: Yeah, for sure.
2: And yeah. uh, thank God there wasn't. So, that's okay. the way
3: I would look. I, I, that's the way I, the
1: I, only downside
2: is if he says, you know, with a little bit of elbow, elbow, elbow grease, does that mean Frank's getting pulled in here and it's like six months of a disaster? No. You like just got to gauge it's it. It's
1: not. No, I'll tell you about that after uh, what the elbow grease involves, but it's nothing too crazy. So I, I think I it's one of the few guys where we have a lot of conversations after the podcast.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, um, it's, it's
3: just systems, man. Get the right yeah. systems in place. And if it's not, you know, if it's not detrimental in some way, then get the right systems in place. You're, you're, you know why it. you're in, cause you can always sell it after. That's the difference like if you don't between sell someone like
1: you and someone like me, you guys are like, I think too small time, like thinking about, you know, cutting the line and doing this, like systems is where it's at. And the more people I talk. Two that are successful doing this, they have the systems, and I don't. I never really got to that level. We we lost a bunch of our properties because they were RTOs. We had to let them go. Right? We had to honor. So our did deals, we? Yeah. Right?
2: <laughs> we patted ourselves on the back, making twenty five thousand dollars on a sale. We did it. None of we us
1: are the professional realists. None of us would be sitting here talking to each other right now if we had kept no. all those properties. Right? I was. We were buying houses in Hamilton for two fifty. Two
3: fifty. Selling them for three ten. Thinking yeah.
2: we're a hero.
1: Moguls. <laughs> <laughs> Look what we did.
3: <laughs> well, I don't know about you guys, but I definitely saw the 30% yearly appreciation coming down the pipe. Yeah, so. yeah we
1: yeah, only yeah. budgeted 6% a year on those RTO deals.
3: And that was aggressive. A lot of us was, was five. You, are you can't win
1: in real estate. When, when it was
2: appreciating at like 15%, we would get in shit from investors who were like, I can't believe I'm leaving money on the table selling this to rent Renton. Now that prices are soft, investors are like, I can't believe prices are an appreciating, appreciating faster. It's just like no win. You can just never win. Either it appreciates too fast or it appreciates too
3: well, slow. Well, there's people that are selling prom- properties now they've had them for five six years so there's a bucket load of 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 equity in them right and just like you know you know, I really lost out. Like, I didn't sell it like right at the peak, and I'm like, "Look, you're, you're banking whatever, however many hundreds of thousands of dollars because you're not banking an extra fifty. No one's crying for you. Yeah, that's
1: <laughs> you right. know, yeah. like, First world problem.
2: <laughs> yeah. They might cry when they cut that capital gains check, though.
3: <laughs> you say, "Well, that's we can talk to Trudeau about yeah. that. Yeah. Frank's actually going. to go. He's on his way to Ottawa now to go to. Florida. I was talking yeah. about this. With actually,
1: some... you don't have to go to Ottawa. Freeland is in Toronto. Maliev is in uh, Saint Catharines today. Oh, oh is is no way!
3: Is yeah,
2: it, is it? Uh, why is he going around the country giving yeah, speeches? He's, yeah. he's ramping up for this. Yeah, um, I was gonna say I was just talking about this the other day with somebody. The return we get on our tax dollars here—we don't have to get into. Oh my this, god! This, but it's
1: just—it's it's it, getting lower. <laughs> it's getting barf, lower. It's crazy. I haven't heard barf in a long time. <laughs> okay, let you might see some. Okay, so we got, we got through. <laughs> the we keep talking about this. <laughs>
2: Have you ever had to cut a capital gain check on the sale of a property? It Uh, is so painful. Yeah. It is so. It's horrible. You look at that check, like, what am I doing? What am I getting back for this? Like, not me, just all of us together. You get get nothing. Nothing. One pothole. Maybe I, when I gave that check, I'm like, I hope there's a pothole in the QEW that
1: gets filled because of all. It's such a myth. The roads, it's a myth. The roads are shit. Everything's shit. (laughs) Healthcare shit. Go Go to the hospital. You need something. You're screwed can't get oh a
2: doctor God. it's all broken somebody was in the oakville hospital they were in that supplementary area that doesn't even <laughs> have drywall it's like a, it's still under construction you know who it was it was jp i, I don't want
3: to know. say which i didn't even know Who's they had oh area. yeah it's still not even no, done. No.
2: yeah i guess it was so it was so busy and no, no. the jp well. there's a few there's a few JP's. now we just el- eliminated one of them but <laughs> was, uh, one of them was there just temporarily for the day but he was calling someone, and he was describing where he is, and he's like, there's unfinished ceiling above me. There's unfinished drywall to the left. This is in Oakville. It's that building right next to the hospital. He was pushed over into there. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, like a, it's
3: basically like a construction site. <laughs> we shouldn't laugh, man. It's, it's, it's like,
1: it's... Oh, we don't laugh. We're going to cry, Nick. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do? just
3: like the studies that they do. Every time I read, I'm like, okay, so we're going to embark on it. Like, if there's a budget, like a big announcement in the budget, yeah. it's like, we're going to have a study to see what to do about this. You know, we've allocated... 50 million to this i'm like well there's 50 million out the window like you might as well just Gone. set it on fire on the lawn because it's going to get way more attention if you do it that way at least way. we could have fun watching it burn <laughs> yeah because
1: <laughs> nobody wants to watch your committee speaking of watching it burn i uh, i wanted to mention like i'm listening to any do you guys ever listen to dan carlin hardcore history no i know all Dude, about this podcast. yeah, yeah everything amazing went, i know i know It'll i really sure I've life, I've, yeah. a lot of people have mentioned it to me i really sure because i like some of i stuff. have one of the episodes it should be school yeah. Like that you just send a kid to school here, download all this and listen to it. Like, it's so amazing. But I uh, just listened to the, the series on the fall of Rome. Oh, it, that would it, be awesome. I bet. It's unbelievable. Yeah. But you know what? This, these were the hallmarks of, of the fall of Rome. Feminization of the men. Mm. Check. Yeah. Men are having babies in menstrual cycles now. Quote unquote. Um, devaluation of the currency, stupid wars and, um, putting political opponents in jail relentlessly. So by the time Caesar was in power, they couldn't, you couldn't leave office because when you were in office, you were immune to prosecution. But the day you retired, left public service, you're in jail, your opponents would put you in jail. So, you know, if you, if you had to do whatever you had to do to stay a public employee, you did, even if you were, you know, Caesar level you know so a lot of scary parallels to what we're seeing today and a lot and and on
2: top of that a lot of the citizenry of rome began to leave because what they were getting in return i didn't plan to have this discussion in return for their tax dollars was so little Mm -hmm. they started leaving rome because they were like screw it Mm. i would rather just leave and become a farmer then stay in Rome because I'm getting nothing here. And then when Rome did fall apart, all these people fell into a feudal system with feudal lords then collecting taxes That's from right. their farming. Right. So kind of Rome fell apart. They go into, and this is the dark ages of of Italy and Europe during right. that time. Yep. And it was actually Florence with the minting of the Florin and the gold coin. The Medici, the, 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 Medi- the mag- Magnificent. I'm going to Florence next week. I'm so excited to go to Florence next week because the Medici family literally pulled Italy out of the dark ages. They were God's bankers. Now I got to, why God. do you, yeah. They, they, why do I know this? Yeah. Well, I'm a And then big, Venice copied them with the Ducat, remember? Yeah, and then they started, right. they could trust each other and trade. Yeah. And then all of Europe started uh, getting on board. Like it literally fell into the dark ages because of inflation and what the Romans did. I mean, they had a great yeah. empire. Yeah. But then like every great empire, yeah. they bite off too much. They inflate the currency. It all
1: goes to hell. So I'm a huge fan of um, not, not only uh, Machiavelli, but also the, the family that inspired him was the Borgia family. Cesare huh. Borgia. Cesare Borgia was a you know twenty six year old maverick, and a lot of bad things have been written about the guy. But when you really study his life, it's fascinating. He almost unified all of Italy. The guy had a set of balls on him this big. What era? Was, what era is this? This is a uh, fifteen of uh, late fourteen hundreds, early fifteen hundreds. Okay. His father was Pope Alexander the Sixth, so these guys had a real stranglehold on on the the, the armies and the culture at the time. And he was really uh Borgia was really uh, sharp because he was a, they were born Spaniards, um, and so what would happen was like if if because the papal armies were just not they were not significant right and none of the Italian armies the feudal armies were compared to any national armies, so if you had any trouble with anybody he would call in the Spanish army, hey come on in and blah 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 and get a treaty and then when he needed to get the Spanish out he'd go to the French and say hey. Hey, come on in here and get these guys out of here and I'll, you know, so he played those two countries off Mm -hmm. really brilliantly and, and all the different feudal lords and all that sort of thing. It's a real, there's a, his biography by Raphael Raphael Sabatini is an unbelievable read if you ever want to read something on, but that paved, that paved the way for Machiavelli and Machiavelli modeled the Prince after Cesare Borgia. So a lot of the Mm -hmm. principles in the Prince was modeled after him watching Borgia. And he wrote the Prince to kiss Lorenzo Medici's ass oh right so it was huh. like here here's here's a prescription on how you should you know be ruling and what you can do to stay in power now you know please pat my pat my pat me on the head you know or whatever he was really just trying to suck up to the Medici family wow. so you're gonna go there and I went there to, to see Machiavelli's tomb that's why I went there I wanted to see it no way so it's the coolest oh I mean, little Carol, so Carol, you, my wife has family there let me so give we, you a little tip and i'm sure if they have family there it's the, they're gonna know but at sunset you go to the Piazzale michelangelo which is a um, a viewing platform right on the arno it's kind of elevated it's got you know the worst restaurants in italy don't eat there but uh, when the sun goes down at a certain angle it turns the whole arno river gold it's the most amazing view you got the right across from you you got the dome It's pure magic. Go there with your wife at sunset. It's freaking awesome. Can't wait. Yeah. It's
2: pumped. You know, when they first minted that coin, that, that florin in the Medici, Mm -hmm. sometimes I think about this. I'm like, when that coin first came out, you know, and someone said, Hey, take this coin and uh, give me those like five cows and they exchanged that coin for five cows, right? Gold coin, mm-hmm. but that's still pretty new. So that you know, I knew it was stamped, so it had some authority to it, and it was a certain amount of grams, whatever, however many grams of gold it was. Um, but the next day, they probably used that gold coin, and somebody else gave them maybe eight cows. But then the next day, maybe three cows. And that's my way of saying there was no price history, so there was a v- real volatility in this gold coin. And then it takes tens of years and hundreds of years to smooth it out. And I'm tying this
1: back to Bitcoin. Yeah. Oh, Bitcoin? It's, just, it's very Austrian, what you're saying. Very well, Austrian economics.
3: I was laughing I'm like this here. I can, value this with the it. transition to well, Tom, I mean, Tom's well, Bitcoin Well, because we sometimes people laugh at the volatility
2: of Bitcoin. I'm like, this thing came out in 2009. Yeah. It's 2023. Yeah. Can we give? Can you have a little patience with this thing? Do you think the florin came out and it just standardized on 12 cows that same day? Like, here's the florin. Everywhere around Italy, they're going to accept 12 cows for this florin. That's bullshit. It takes some time. You need a price history.
1: So anyway, but that's Austrian economics, and that's all the the prominent Bitcoiners are big Austrian. You know, they're not Keynesians.
2: I don't even it, like to call it Austrian economics. It's economics. This other fucking shit. Sorry, it's been right. shoved down our throat. It's I, Keynesian yeah, yeah. fucking bullshit, right. lies, yep. Yep. theft, Ponzi scheme. Yes, 100%. like I'm just done with it. I don't even like it when people don't call it a Ponzi scheme anymore. It's just a an insult up Ponzi. to Ponzi schemes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I mean, if there's some good
1: like, Ponzi schemes out there, you know, yeah. you get in on the top.
2: I remember back. our father was in that. scene. you know, where that like you recruit one guy to have 10,000, do you Pyramids. remember those you know, pieces? Thank uh, you. Yeah, thank yeah, you yeah. The pyramid scheme. And he got out of it. One of them, right? You recruit people. And then he went. He got paid. He got paid. Oh. But then he went right back in. Stupid. And it was a bigger one. Never knew that. And guess what? Yeah. He didn't get paid. No, nobody ever gets yeah. paid. Yeah. I remember the meeting in our basement. Do you remember? No. All <laughs> old, I was like, what? I remember. Oh, yeah. In the basement right by the bar in our basement. That's all great. meeting and that was the day he got paid, and then he hosted a meeting and it went bigger, and then nothing happened. He lost yeah. the money. Those yeah. would
3: come around every couple years that's right. for yeah. a while. Are, there, they yeah. still, are they? I don't still know. know. I haven't heard, heard of, her... of one for a while now. Yeah. Everything's, online now right? Everything's, Everything's online now. Everything's online.
1: Yeah. It's a different shitcoin, right? Yeah, 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 It's a different version. Well,
3: yeah. Now you just s- send people. Now it's just fraud. Now it's just you send people money, you get nothing back. And now it's straight fraud. Yeah.
1: What do you make of XRP? Speaking of shitcoins. Um, yeah. I mean, not like, the coin itself, a but the ruling, yeah.
2: I just, to me, it's a reflection of the US government just in complete confusion, doesn't know what to do with all of this. Like yeah. they're saying that if, the, if it was sold to the public, um, and the retailer, then that's not a security. But the initial okay. launch of it was a security. Yeah. So I can kind of see both those answers. But like, where are they headed with this? Now it's going to be appealed. Yeah. Well, be appealed. It's going to take years. It's going to take. It, it seems like a disaster. Yeah. So I guess my yeah. take on it is that yeah. it's still a
3: disaster. Same, well, same with the Coinbase. If you've know, been looking at the Coinbase yeah. stuff too, yeah. Because the judges coming out and saying, well, I mean, how are they supposed to know that basically they were shit coins? Yeah. You know, how are they supposed it, to know they were it, securities it feels if, if like, you didn't tell them? You know, see, so- when I was in a
2: big. Uh, corporation like Oracle, there's different big management teams in there and they're all fighting internally you know, like one big management team's trying to t- take the sales of an area from a different management team. And they have different views on how they should go to market inside the company. And there's these power struggles in the com- within the company. That's what's happening in the U.S. government to me. Mm. There's no one leader. It's these different groups mm. all thinking, oh, we should rule this way. And then, oh, no, my lobbyist gave me this much money. I think we should call it a security this way. Yeah. You know, and I think there's just these fights internally, and it's so big and
1: so corrupt and so spaghetti. But there's definitely an agenda against them. Elizabeth Warren's definitely leading the charge against them well, for Even sure. in Canada, like some real shitty things are happening with the exchanges. So Kevin O'Leary uh, is really rising to prominence. He's got wonder his yeah, company. Yeah, he, They bought bit by, but they're, yeah, but what they're doing with these exchanges is they're working with the government to really make life hard for anyone else who starts an exchange. Mm-hmm. Like you get mafia if you try to start an exchange. Well, account. you know, people who've, who've I 100% know people who own exchanges um in in some capacity that are not straight retail uh, mm-hmm. but i know guys that are business owners in the space and they're scared to death to get uh to go for a full exchange license because they're going to get mafiaed by the government well, especially now because they need to track everything so they they want to be all over it the government want, wants one neck to strangle and mm-hmm. kevin o'leary's like saying Put, let it be my neck because he's going to make money doing it Oh, so he's trying to be the de facto standard here in Canada. Hundred percent. Oh, and they haven't
3: just bit by. They he, bought by. They've bought a few smaller ones. Yeah, and
1: he's it. he's okay. part, he's he's lockstep with the government saying, yeah, let's let's fuck everybody up that tries to get. It oh, right. is he? I haven't been trying. Hundred percent. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he's right. Yeah, Jeez. I'm not a fan of that guy at all. Neither of neither am I. No. Jesus. No. Um, so it's very discouraging, actually, to hear. So you can use with the
3: one. I mean, when we started talking to the guys at Bull, Bull, Bull Bitcoin, have you used them? Because they're not exchange, but you can buy through them at which at Bull Bitcoin. Never heard of them because they send they send a
1: Bitcoin to my shirt. Yeah. Oh, dude, my logo at the club. <laughs> hey, is look, Bull. He's wearing a Tahini shirt. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm wearing a mission. Oh, disorder. look at that yeah. shirt. I don't know why I didn't even read it before cool we're on hey, tahini's we're all we're all we're i need that where do i get
2: that <laughs> you know what, you, what size are you wearing you know what Switch. we actually have some updates on that coming well it's a little,
1: yeah 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 you like it? i know i felt the same a way great like, shirt i love it i felt the same way. i have an idea for a shirt i don't want to say but i want to i want to sell a t-shirt that's <laughs> we'll hey
2: we'll talk about that offline
1: yeah <laughs> i got a list i got a list <laughs> it's my noster handle is the oh the, cool the brand I'm, i want to start for bitcoin apparel yeah Oh, yeah, what is awesome. it? Are you gonna say it? No, I can't because someone's gonna punk me. I'll tell <laughs> yeah. you after though. Yeah. Yeah. Then Nick's gonna go and punk you. <laughs> That's okay. I
3: got enough stuff to think I gotta do, man. <laughs> He's gonna put you in a rear naked naked joke <laughs> and that'll be <laughs> in. Like, I'm that. leaving on vacation tomorrow. By the time I'm gone, this this is gonna be in one awesome. ear, or out of the other. Yeah,
2: I, um, I forget what we
1: we're talking about, I do yeah. wanna ask you what's going on in Perth? Perth, Ontario, our first affiliate club for Pasador Jiu Jitsu. So we had a student move out there, and uh, he started a school, and he's rocking now. Little town of Perth, I don't know, six, seven thousand. So people. for people who don't know, tell us wh- what do you do in Niagara? Uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu Academy, Pastor Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. That's that's uh, our school. You have, to, don't you have two locations? Well, now we do. That, oh, okay. I thought yeah. you had a second one before. We were uh, we were going to open a second one, and then COVID. Had oh, other plans for it. that. So the students that were going to open that got real scared real quick. Even at the tail end of COVID, they're like, eh, I don't know if I want to put this kind of money out. And then the government does sure, does yeah. this again, right? So, you know, there was the lockdowns. And then there was the time after where everyone was still just like, well, we don't know if this is going to happen again, right? So that shit that canned that. But, uh, you know, we got the second location up and running now. and uh, So it's open. It's open, yeah. He's, he's recruiting their students. Oh, God, yeah. He's. Oh, awesome. he's, he's he, he told me the other day, I was there a month ago for the grand opening, and he said, yeah, I'm going to sign a two-year lease. And I said, don't. And I counted the number of students, and I looked at a space, and I said, in two months, you're going to need a bigger space. No way. in two So, he, I was with him, like, two days ago, and he's like, I'm not signing that two-year he, awesome. he needs a bigger space. really uh, growing quickly that's, there. That's a great problem. Yeah.
2: So, what's the state of BJJ in Ontario? Like, is it, is it are
1: people interested? Is this? Booming. Why? Joe Rogan. Hmm. Joe Rogan and Jocko mm-hmm. and all those guys. Everybody comes to me and says, "Oh, I can't. I keep hearing about this on these podcasts. I want uh, to see what it's all I about. I didn't think about that, dude. He's what? my marketing yeah. department. Yeah. yeah, I haven't spent a cent on marketing since before COVID. Not just one penny.
3: Riding a trend, you know. You talk yeah. about riding a trend, yep. yeah. like
2: right. Oh yeah. And what about the ages? Because I feel like I've heard of like some older guys now. Oh, like, yeah. hey, I'm gonna
1: start B- BJJ. I'm like, holy shit, man. My oldest guy is 55. He's an attorney from Niagara Falls. I was New just York. gonna say, I know a 50. He's a beast. Really? He's an old wrestler, and he comes in and just tears it up. Who's a you bigger mean, you
2: beast? The realtor you
1: mentioned earlier, or he's this not guy? A, he's not that kind of beast. Oh, they're different he's beasts. A sales, sales, okay. and okay. <laughs> deal making beast. But uh, no, he's uh, he's he's a tough tough old dude. And uh, um, you know, you don't always have to train like that. You don't have to grind it out. But these old wrestlers, that's what they do, right? So, you know, we're getting people of all ages. You know, and and you can you can stick to this, the classes that are easier, and mm-hmm. then you can come into the ones where the where, you know the shark tanks and. And test yourself, so people can choose their own path. We have so many classes that we offer, so different paths to be taken, but it's all the same benefit, right?
2: Mike's two young boys are in it; they love it. Mike cool. says they love it; they absolutely love it.
1: Awesome, best thing yeah. you can do for kids. And the reason is, like, obviously, fitness, discipline, focus, and all that sort of thing. Self defense, yeah, but the real, the real gem in jujitsu is when you know it's incredibly complicated, as you know, these sequences and 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 trying to recall these steps even when you're drilling can be really tough because you know if you do something imperfectly then that's the out for the other guy. that's that's, that's their chance to escape and um, but when you can when someone's trying to put their hands around your neck or break your leg or whatever and you got to think under mm-hmm. insane pressure you have to recall these sequences and execute them so thinking under pressure is the real gem that that jiu-jitsu gives you and you do that to a kid or even an adult nothing else in life is really difficult Someone putting pressure on you, someone yelling at you, someone this, a tough situation. I wonder you're, you're if that's calm. why that's you've been able
2: to handle so much chaos, because Frank handles a lot oh, of dude, chaos. I get attacked for a living. Every yeah. day, someone's yeah. trying yeah. To That's me.
3: one thing I found Every early day. on, um, is that like I had a couple friends started when I, when I was doing it. I mean, this is a long time ago now, yeah. but, and uh, they would, you know, one guy that came in is still a good you friend went of mine.
2: From my, the bench press at Gold's to rolling on a mat, thinking that you were going to take somebody down.
3: No, no, no. This was this was after this was I was oh. doing it for a couple of years. I didn't I I I was able to check my ego. So the same with this I started CrossFit and stuff like that. Like, you know, after it it's very, you check your ego pretty quick. Yeah, you you know to. what I mean? I'm joking. So, I
2: know I know you checked.
3: But they. uh but he would it, when we started and we were rolling he was all tight and he was like just really stressed. I'm like, dude, just relax. Yeah. Like you got to relax. And yeah. I think one thing that that's like it's a good point that you take for granted is it forces you to think but stay calm under that pressure and have to think. Yeah. And I think that's something people mistake because as soon as you tighten up and you get, you know, you start to panic and those
1: situations, you're finished. Like you. But you're, this you're is finished. why jujitsu is so effective. It it relies on people who don't train to have that visceral response mm-hmm. of te- being tense. So little details like when you grab with your thumb, grabbing grabbing a grip with your thumb, you engage so many muscles in your forearm that the lactic acid is coming quick. So build, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're tense inclinations will produce lactic acid. You'll blow out in a minute or two and then you're dead. But, uh, somebody who knows how to grip will use their two middle fingers. They'll make a hook, turn their wrist. And now you have a hook that's hooked around a garment or even a body part. Um, and, and then now, now it's more like a clamp and then it's not something you're constantly putting pressure to keep tight. So these little nuances are designed so that a 120 pound female can survive and defend against a 200, you know, 10 pound male, get them tired and then escape or submit or run run yeah sure for, for girls and, and children that's what we teach that's what I teach my kids you know I teach the them, can
3: run too it's okay to run
1: so. <laughs> I, I teach that yeah well, what fun would that be I uh uh-huh. but we I teach can. our kids you know I, I'm very strict with my messaging with the kids you never put submissions on other kids like you don't screw around like if you put a submission on you only do it and you negotiate you never punch you never do this you never do that but you know if an adult's trying to take you you don't know who they are a stranger mm-hmm. You can punch, you can kick, you can bite, you can put your fingers in there, you can do whatever you need to. So that's that's the messaging at the gym. So but other than do you that, have
2: kids' classes as well? Oh, yeah. You do. Oh, God. And does the Perth Combat Club have kids' classes yep. yet? Yeah, yeah. You do
3: as well. Yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah. big for kids. Mm-hmm. I've offered it to my girls, just I don't show
1: interest. But I'd like. How old are your girls? 12, 13 soon. So that's the magic age where they kind of drift away from it. Even if they were doing it as eight, nine-year-olds, they hit that 12, 13-year-olds, you let them go and you hope they come back. Yeah. I would suspect it's very hard to recruit a 12 or 13 year old into that. How, how about for boys? What are the age patterns? The if, boys is not the same. When yeah. when girls become girls. Yeah. You know, wrestling with boys. Yeah. yeah, yeah your puberty's around. coming in. Totally could see it. Yeah. It, 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 it. gets a little weird, but my daughter's uh, turned six in two weeks and awesome, she finally has gone from a little kid playing jujitsu to now like. I want to choke some blood. Yeah. I yeah. want blood picking up boys and throwing them on their heads. and <laughs> Did feet. you start with Jujitsu or were you Judo? No, I started in Jeet Kune Do, JKD, the Bruce Lee system. Oh, okay. Uh, but I'm really not built for that kind of thing. It was just the only thing that was around in 1994. Where were you taking that? Very few people l- were uh, taking that anywhere. But In St. Catharines, we had a, actually two really good instructors. But what they did was they brought Hicks and Gracie up for a seminar there was a grappling component to jiu kune yeah. shoot fighting but they they knew uh hicks and gracie through um through hicks and gracie came up yeah, oh, yeah wow. the king right wow. and then the Niagara falls wow. gymnastics club and i remember thinking i'm like my buddies they're like it's 60 for the seminar i'm like i'm not paying 60 <laughs> rip off i'm in bed i'm like Fuck yeah. those guys <laughs> my phone rings and it's my buddy and he's like you got to get down here now and see what this guy's doing and i'm like okay i get down there i t- i jump into the seminar a few minutes late but i jump in and I see him killing everybody, including my instructors, and I was like, well, why am I doing this? I'm gonna do this, and literally a week later, I was in California, but I did judo in Japan when I moved in 99, 2000.
3: You went in California a week later to train with him?
1: I was at the, no, I trained at uh, the Gracie Academy. I was at Hoyce's school. Huh. Yeah, but Hickson was very, very- A week
3: later, for real? That's how how you jumped in? For real, yeah.
1: Wow. Hickson was very hard to pin down to get lessons and he was even at the time he was $500 an hour and for the most was just like oh, if geez. you were like not in his gym it was like private sessions Got it. I didn't have that kind of money and, and just getting him pinning him down was really tough so uh, the Gracie Academy was a big academy a big school they welcomed us with open arms and that's where we trained for the next 12 uh, years. So you went years. with a buddy? My buddy Dan yeah. The and then
2: how often how long were you down there for and then you kept going back?
1: I went the next 12 years I was there several times a year because what I did was I took I was my corporate job, right? I was, I was selling sports fields and they said to me, well, what, what do you want your sales territory to be? And I'm like, okay, help Florida and California. Like, okay. So I mean, I picked the two best jujitsu States. Right. And so it was like, and remind me how you ended up in Japan. Uh, I, I just, uh, my girlfriend at the time wanted to go okay and we were we were between grad school so like she was going to go to teacher's college i was going to go to law school and we had that you know let's take a year off kind of thing and uh we were we were actually waiting for our acceptances and she got accepted into teacher's college she left after three months and i was like see you later i'm, I'm not leaving i stayed for the year i didn't want to leave and uh and then I ended up not going so to many law people school say that about japan I just love it over there. Paradise. That's more off the mic talk, but yeah, it's paradise. (laughs) More another offline. Dude, I got some great stories. (laughs) I could never tell. I don't even want to tell you guys some of these stories and I know you pretty well, but Um. it's a great, it was a great, I slept maybe 20 hours that whole year. Like, I did not sleep.
3: <laughs> we're, going, we're going right to your brewery, and we're going to, uh, we're going to start talking about these stories. <laughs> let's
1: get the real stuff. Oh, man, that would be great right. if you guys came down, and then we had some beers. and We should. We should, should definitely book it. something. He should probably do it sooner rather than later. Why? Jail. Oh,
3: shit. <laughs>
2: Talk about that later.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Okay. Look, <laughs> if there's
3: no jail involved, when we get back Did in a month or so, we'll, we'll be there.
1: Well, you, you let me know and uh, I'll
2: update you. <laughs> Did we cover what you wanted to talk? You, we mentioned Bitcoin. Did you want to talk about something? Uh, you know,
1: I, I just like I know you're on board, Nick, but you are always kind of the skeptic and stuff like that. And I just I don't see how the BlackRock and Vanguard developments don't guarantee. I don't want to say hyper Bitcoinization, but don't guarantee quarter of a million dollars a coin in mm. five years. Mm. I know a lot of people are throwing big numbers out now. Well, we know the money printers are coming back. Mm-hmm. They're going to come back with a vengeance and you know, Bitcoin pick or um, BlackRock bought, I think I read 12,000 coins and plus they filed for the ETF. I know they filed. I didn't know how many coins yeah, I didn't, I didn't know I'm not sure if that's true, okay. but I did, did read it. Did you see it.
2: what, uh, what's Rob uh, Kennedy? No. Robert Kennedy Jr. said last night. Awesome. Did you see that? Awesome. So for anyone who doesn't know, he said that if he becomes president, he would all Bitcoin sales would be capital gains exempt. And um, that he would back U.S. Treasuries with a tiny amount of of hard currency, about one percent or something like that. But that his family through the decades have always believed you need a hard money there because fiat just in, in encourages war and is the money of Amazing. war. I don't think so this still, guy is never going to become president. Yeah, that, Let's face it. The shot. poor guy's putting his life on the yeah. line. Well,
3: he says it. He basically said, like, you know, yeah. like, you're not even joking that he's probably going to get shot. Like, yeah. yeah, I don't see how that, it sounds like well, His say, family
1: has a history of getting yeah, they seem for, they, this, for this kind of behavior. Well, right? they Same seem to be thing.
3: fighting for the right things.
1: I know. Like, I don't like, agree with him on everything. I don't, I don't know, either. either. He but, says some, some stuff. I'm like, what really? Do but, but these but, core issues, like the whole no wars thing and the whole sound money thing, like that's pretty much it for me. But
3: you don't have to agree yeah. with him. Like, I'm not, I don't agree with anyone on every, even like the the, the 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 person that I feel like has been like, you know, I don't even know who that would be, but if someone's been the best politician ever, I'm not going to, I'm not going to agree with you, you, anyone yeah. on everything, yeah. but compared to the alternatives? Yeah. <laughs> like what are the alter? Mm-hmm. You know, like what seriously are the alternatives of people that seem to have like a little bit of thought and aren't just following the same old flipping roadmap that we've going down, you know, that's just pure corruption and bullshit.
1: Because if people were smart, They would know, they would understand that, especially for your kids. Like we need hard money. Like it's, it's the biggest issue because it's linked to wars. It's linked to so many problems in the world. Like if people just woke up and just like, I watched Joe Biden yesterday and that. Uh, with the Israeli president and he fell asleep. He looked like he was in mid sentence. He fell so he was all curled over and, and, and reading his freaking cards and everything. And I'm just like, I, yeah, I didn't
3: think it was real, is a good idea.
1: How do you, how are you like at the ballot box? Like, oh yeah. Yeah. This guy. Yeah. Another six years. Yeah. Another four years. But because people are you know, just picking it, tribes now. These are
2: my, this is my tribe. It doesn't matter who the leader is. No one's thinking on cr- critically thinking about the issues. It's
1: just, I'm part of this group. That's it. I uh, want to belong. I'm very just, dis- I'm just, I'm very disappointed. It's sometimes it's hard to keep up the good fight when it's like, like, you know, everyone's just so fucking dumb. (laughs) I don't care. I think they are. I think
2: the the listeners have you read, have you read Atlas shrugged? No, you're primed to read Atlas. Shrugged. What is it? You don't know Ayn Rand's uh, oh, yeah, 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 Ayn yeah. book Atlas Shrugged. There's a three-part. For anybody, I didn't know the it's, book, it's a but monster, i a monster. It's yeah. a monster book, um, Atlas Shrugged. And uh, if you if you, if it's intimidating, Amazon Prime made a three-part movie series of the book. It's a little bit cheesy. You could tell it didn't have the biggest budget, and they changed the cast on every episode. Absolutely watch okay. Atlas
1: I like 3 the series. I like audiobooks, okay, so if Audible all, has it, I'll get it. Yeah,
2: it's all about people who are productive in society, pulling out of society oh, and no saying, kidding. all you people are on your own, and it and, and it's a story of what happens to the rest of society oh, I love when that. all the people who produce say, you know what? And to me, when they say, you know what, we're out. And to me, when you engage in Bitcoin, yeah. that is what you're doing. Yeah. You're basically Opting saying, out. I'm out of the fiat yeah. system, I'm gonna put my time and effort into this, this other new system oh. and good luck to everyone out there. And it's going to result in everybody out there having to print more money and they're going to, fu- you know, it's it's going to be difficult when the politicians think they can print their way to prosperity. You cannot do you print. Do they believe that? I, I, you, no, I, I don't think they understand anything. I think they don't understand. You really
1: don't think that, eh? That what? Like, is there not one pra- pragmatic economist that says, look, like, like the debt spiral in the U.S. Like it's just I hate to say, yeah, but they can't cloth, serve, but it's just get math. a hundred people outside and ask them. What I'm not the talking ha- people. I'm talking about politicians at the highest level. Someone's got to be telling th- them like there's just no solution to this. No, I
3: think they might understand, but they need to serve their interests. I get that. That's in- a
1: whole different part of the argument.
3: But, but, but that's what they're after. That's
1: that's so, their incentive. So the they highest don't
2: care lo- long term. Yeah. OK, so the highest level. Let's go. So you think Trudeau knows this? That's the highest level. You, you well, know, Freeland no, knows I'm just that? saying,
1: how can you not?
3: Not the highest it's, level no, of, proof, of intellect. The yeah. highest level of government.
2: Pierre <Polenberg laughs> seems to know because so
1: he's there's a Sure. So well, you know what? That's He just doesn't talk about it.
3: Well, you know what's yeah. really interesting because when we spoke to him and his wife, because of what his wife's family went through in South America, you spoke to who? To Pierre, Pierre? and his wife. She's from Venezuela. You did where? When we were can't tell you. Okay.
2: Hey, Frank.
1: Offline. Fine. But just just before, so I don't mean yeah. to butt in, Nick, but. I'm pretty sure it was on your show in one of Greg Foss's early episodes where he said he was consulting with a prominent up and coming politician. Mm-hmm. And we all know who that was. Mm-hmm. I know damn well who that was. It was Pierre. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't brag about it, right? Because yeah. everyone's going to go, you're nuts. Mm-hmm. Right? right? Sorry. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't even know where we were. When you were talking, you, you your wife. Had oh, a- yeah.
3: Just what they went through, in so- what what her family <laughs> went through in South America. So they've seen yeah. it. And when you've seen that and you understand that. Now, yeah. if you grow up in Canada in a sheltered system, you've never seen that. 100%. You don't believe it's possible. You might see it on the news, but it doesn't even seem real. So you don't believe that that type of
1: th- yeah, but you believe thrashing it now? in the currency. Do you believe it now? When you're steak, you you're paying thirty bucks for a steak. or you're paying nine dollars. One for of our butter? best mentors say most
2: adults have their umbilical cords sticking out and are looking to plug in somewhere. Yeah, and they're babies. Ooh,
3: and, and I still don't
2: think that. I
1: still don't think well, people look that. at that. Yeah, you're gonna see me saying that on Twitter because my bio is. Uh, explainer to adult babies, right? So that's that's part of my bio on Twitter.
3: But people still don't look at it as the value of the dollar going yeah. down. They look at it as prices going up. Everyone that talks about real estate, right. is it's always about the prices going
2: up. And I'm like, what's changed? The lumber, the brick, the mortar? Nothing's changed. The dollars that it cost you to buy the property changed. But
1: very few people can see the that. The Canadian government is, is one thing they're very smart at is saying, we don't print money, but they don't talk about how asset swaps work. And that's really how Cana- the government... Prints money. They'll create assets. And we're with, generalizing. When we say print money, we're just generalizing. That's right. You know, like, hey, you print
2: money. Yeah. We, we can get into Expansion the nitty-gritty. M2. Yeah. We yeah. can get into the nitty-gritty details of QE and asset swapping. Yeah, but at the end of the day, the, Je- the same the Jedi Knight is going to conclude. I understand everything and it's printing money. Yeah. <laughs> it's all the same. And there's but, no free stuff. No. No such
1: thing yeah. as free stuff.
3: But to what you were saying earlier, like I I guess. You know, I I, could, I was coming across as more negative of it, of Bitcoin. Like, yeah. but I don't I, whoa, say negative, but whoa, just just, whoa. just cautious. No, I what, mean, what is it? I, prudent. Every, in every investment decision I make, yeah. I always try to take the opposing view as well, because I want to try to understand yeah. the opposing view to see if I can agree with it or live with it. So in everything I do, I'm like, okay, so what's the shit side of this? Yeah. And how does this work if this bad thing happens or this bad thing happens? So with Tom, when, when Tom was having some conversations, he's like, well, look, it's going to be like this, this, and this, and it's all... Like, you know, what I agreed with. I'm like, okay, but let me just, I wanted. To, to just think out loud about the flip side of it. Okay. Even though I, d- I thought the chances of some of that stuff yeah. happening were small. Okay, so full
1: circle. BlackRock yeah, takes BlackRock this big position. Vanguard buys a half a, tr- a half a billion dollars in a mining stock company for Bitcoin. Like those, are, those have got to be two. The danger,
2: yeah. a long-term gold guy would be someone with BlackRock selling paper Bitcoin that in they don't village. really own. The positive of that is that it's hard. easily auditable. And if a company like Fidelity, who's very pro-Bitcoin, says we're going to have an ETF and here's our public address or here's the way to audit us. It would be difficult for BlackRock not to do the same. Yeah. yeah. So oh. I'm pretty bullish yeah. on it. But there's the a little supply, bit of skepticism. The fixed supply really helps with that. Yeah. yeah. So And the fact that we can audit it really easily. Because right. the ETFs the right now, yeah. what, are you going to go into some gold vault and try to count the bars? It's kind of, right. it's, yeah. it's difficult. Whereas now this is digitally open to everyone. So I'm I'm cautiously very optimistic. Cool. I love that.
3: Well, it's definitely a good, like it's, it's, it's a positive sign. Yeah. Let, I mean, it hasn't been approved yet. So we'll see. I think the chances of it getting approved
1: are good. Now, I don't Which, think, I don't think, I don't think it even matters. I that agree. If it gets approved, I think that they, that's that they point. sent that signal. Um, and if the purchase of the 12,000 bitcoins is true, uh, I don't care there. If they, if it doesn't happen, it's good, They're going to keep at it. And, well, every financial
2: planner now who was skeptical of it before can now say, that's right. Well, BlackRock
1: filed for an ETF. You should have a position. You should have oh, a, yeah. you're, one of your buckets, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It becomes, have a 1%.
3: But now they can, now they can all yeah. talk about it. Because before that, without the ETF, 1%. the guys that like that RBC Wealth, CIBC, all these guys, they couldn't sell it, talk about it, anything. So it changes it. It's no. the same
2: no. pattern. Like when the internet came out, nobody said you're going to put your banking data in the internet. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, we're not going to do online yeah. banking. Yeah. It's not yeah. possible. When, when right. VoIP came out, people were like, oh, well, I'm never going to get rid of my home phone. Like I need yeah. my home phone. And then yeah. VoIP comes. This When mobile came out everyone's like well I'm not gonna get my important company or corporate data on my mobile phone I'm not gonna do my mobile I'm not gonna do inventory control on my mobile phone now there's tablets connected to the internet everywhere yeah. the pattern just kind of repeats the digitization of everything is in effect and now we're digitizing the base yeah. layer of the economy the thing that says price signals between every transaction mm-hmm. we do when I buy ugly Pike Pilsner and I'm doing that exchange mm-hmm. it's the money in between that's
3: signaling
1: every transaction of that. in
3: every in in multiple countries, globally. Like it, yeah globally like what changes
1: between countries but it's funny you said the banks and and buying and businesses buying what businesses have been doing is they've been using micro strategies as a de facto etf to pick up a position right because their boards won't let them buy bitcoin in custody yet Mm -hmm. so what do they do you've got blackrock and vanguard something in and around 14 Mm percent Uh, stakeholders in MicroStrategy. Oh, is that what they heard? Oh, I don't yeah, know about that. which is BlackRock. Disturbing. Vanguard. You would yeah. like th- 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 that is that is a little bit disturbing. And so when Michael Saylor's out there and everyone's like, "Yeah, yeah. Saylor," I'm like, "Yeah, I don't know," you know. But that this is the mechanism now. So if you look at the, even if I have that Vanguard number wrong, I don't know. I th- I don't think I do. But even if the I know I have the BlackRock number right. But if even if you look at that alone, you know they're picking up a position in MicroStrategy. They don't care about. Internet software. They're not buying MicroStrategy. They're buying it for MicroStrategy is a Bitcoin company now that happens to sell internet security software. Right. Even so, if they're coming out
2: of it it's just a hedge of the fee against the fiat dollar, which they know well, they're gonna have they're to doing. print more off. But, but that's mean, what
1: they're doing. They see they're writing on the walls. Those guys aren't stupid. No. You know, they know it's they they know that the billion dollar pile of cash that they're sitting on is a melting iceberg. They know more than anybody. It's a, it's a
2: rare opportunity we've had and, and it still exists that we've been able to front run the big players mm. like the retail person that you know the average cool. the, yeah. the, the the you know the that's Joe what sold Joe. me
3: on it the first time when I heard that line I was like I'm very interested in this now yeah, yeah. <laughs> <But> I
2: bought <laughs> I bought last week again I'm a, little, oh, yeah. a little DCA I have some dollar ca- yes, yeah same yeah. I'm, yeah. I bought today did I have, you really well I have some DCA running where it's just like, automatic yeah cool yeah it um, just
3: makes me feel good. <laughs> Yeah. You must like the sequence of events that led to BlackRock, though, how they shut down all these other applications. No, 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 yeah, no. Yeah. Right? And then finally, then, you know, finally it gets big enough. There's enough talk about it. They go after Coinbase to shut down a lot of the other, try to shut down all these other coins. But
1: this isn't a true spot ETF, though, right? That's what I'm reading. That's not a true spot. I don't I, oh, I didn't look it into something weird about it. I, no, I it's
3: not a trust. No, no, no. I, okay. I don't think it's that. It's, I didn't drill but down. Imagine
2: on it, but imagine going back to you talking about the Medici family, imagine yeah. we got to live in Florence when they coined the Florin. I would I would love. But that. no, we're here now. Yeah. Oh, with Bitcoin. I see what you're saying. Yeah. We're here now. And yeah. sometimes when you get frustrated about politics and the way the world yeah. is, if you reflect on the positive yeah. that we're here during this era, yeah, we're like in Florence. Yeah. When they, when they coin, you know, they yeah. coined the Florin. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. So Frank, we got to be happy,
1: dude. What a, What? A, <laughs> sometimes it's hard to look up and, and find the optimism, right? It's oh, dude. With so everything you have going on, you. Yeah. Ignorance is bliss. I wish I was just a little dumber sometimes. Ignorance. You know what I mean? Bliss, Some man. people are, ha- are really bliss. happy just, you know.
2: Ignorance. Yeah, it's like when we started a business when you, when you, if we didn't, if we knew everything that had to be done with Rockstar to get to this point, we probably would have looked at that and said, God, fuck that shit. <laughs> we're not
1: well, I'm going work. through that with a beer right now, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But,
3: but, but when you turn into an event management and, and, yeah. and media Pu- company, publishing yeah. company, <laughs> yeah. you know? yeah. Yeah. You know?
1: we just did, had our first meeting with a social media company, a media slash social media management company that we're gonna have to to hire we're gonna have to hire some salespeople, so it's turning into a heavy lift but we're a victim of our own success so these are these are good things frank anything else to be chatting about i, I think we covered most of the things we did that had on my list no, i'm satisfied um, yeah, yeah we could talk with I'd you like for to tell n- people where to get the beer yeah,
3: yeah. oh my gosh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: so you know what the best thing is just to order online right now ugly bike uh ugly bike. Brewing.com and the shipping costs are surprisingly low. You can get it delivered to your door. Uh, we're slowly populating into Loblaws franchises now. So if you go to our website, UglyPikeBrewing.com you can see an interactive map. Uh, one of the issues is that the beer, stores, the beer stores feed the supermarkets for the most and we're selling quickly out of the beer stores. So we're having a little trouble with inventory management and keeping product on the shelves, which is again a great thing and I'm sure we'll rectify that in the coming weeks. We're working hard on it. Uh, so if
2: somebody buys the beer at Ugly Pike Brewing.com and yeah. takes a picture out of, of it. Do you guys have an Instagram handle they can tag you with? Uh, Ugly Pike Brewing, yeah. Ugly Pike Brewing. Yeah, Ugly Pike on Instagram. On Instagram. Okay.
1: Yeah, by all means, tag us and, uh, you know, send us a message, whatever. And, uh, you know, we're really positioning this as the outdoor beer. You know, beer, cottage, fish, camp. You
2: do door-to-door deliveries, like
1: you personally. You should deliver. I, People would love that, dude. You show up
2: at the door. Depends. You can talk about BJJ.
3: You can talk about
2: some big. <laughs> no, no, carrying a carrying a fish,
3: carrying and, a musky. Is yeah. it musky? Muscat musky. Musky, uh, yeah.
1: And we'll get him a muscat. Says I'm a professional angler, so when he shows up, there's no doubt they're gonna know if I show up with a fish. They're gonna have a strong yeah, suspicion that there's a pro before them. Pro. <laughs>
2: so ugly pike com and, and what else? Podcast, ugly pike podcast, just. Yeah.
1: Remember. You know what? If you just go to ugly pike podcast, there's uh you get two options, beer and podcast. And that's right. The beer okay. will take you to brewing.com and the podcast will keep you on podcast. Yeah. And we have our embedded players. You can listen to the show. We're on every podcast app. And, uh, but I mean, uh, you know, if you don't fish, you're probably going to hate it. But if you fish, you're going to really like it. So now I think now
2: that we know what you're all about or anyone listening to this, they're going to love it even more because they're going to listen to you talking about fishing. Going, it's a great way. This guy's going to talk about the Medici family, right? Yeah, now. right. What's yeah. going yeah. about yeah. about yeah. yeah. to happen in the Medici second family in the Roman empire. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then when are you going to be on? T- when do you think you're going to be on? T- you're going
1: to be on TV, you think? Um, well, they've signaled to us that they want to get us on a show. So, yeah, so I don't know when that's going to happen. Months, maybe. Yeah, I would year. say so. Yeah. Um, we were pushing them to do it. My partner lives overseas and he's here for six weeks So we were pushing it, but I don't think we're going to be able to pull that off. Uh, but yeah, uh, but the, the beer, the actual mentioning of our brand and everything that's going to happen in the fall. Uh, when you say be on TV, I'm I'm really hoping we get invited onto an episode awesome, of Show man. so And I think that'll happen, too, because um, they don't often do muskie because you can't really have a TV show for muskie fishing when you never catch anything. So, uh, And then it's on us to go to Croatia this year
2: and ask around who we oh, can buddy. get a boat that's suited to go tuna fishing. No, be or cool. even a other fishing. 20. If we can get a fisher, like just a proper boat, then sure, just yeah. to report back to Frank. Because to be able to do that
3: one year, that would be like a joke. That would be cool.
2: That would be a great Yeah, yeah that would oh, be they're fishing be a lot with luffin
1: or wild man.
2: There Nick and I would be useless but Frank would be there so we would
3: No, I'll stock the cooler and I'll deliver I could help
2: pull in a, tuna. a yeah. tuna.
1: I could help pull in a tuna. We can import some beer ahead of time and yeah. uh, I'll send a I'll send a shipment over and uh that'd make yeah. it even better that'd be hilarious oh yeah think about the the pictures for social media i could get yeah, yeah. there you go it's a,
2: always a more it's a business expense that's right <laughs> frank man we're always appreciate it yeah. thanks man thanks, thanks, thanks for, having for coming me. in thank you dude all right
0: all right, thank you to Frank for sharing everything you've got going on, man. You can buy his beer and also check out his podcast at uglypikebrewing.com. That's uglypikebrewing.com, and you can be inspired by dozens of other investors like Frank that are using real estate to live life on their own terms by going to our website rockstarinnercircle.com and checking out the R work menu option to see real life investor case studies and stories. That's rockstarinnercircle.com and clicking the R work menu option to check all that out. Thank you for listening as always, everyone, and we hope to catch you on the next episode.